Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast that's all about the intersection between yoga and body acceptance. Today, my guest is the wonderful Jess Baker. I'm so excited to be talking with her. I first encountered Jess's work through a great blog post that she wrote called Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls So I Will. And I wanted to just like print it out and put it on my wall. I thought it was so great. <laughs> and I shared it and I think a lot of people did. Um, and I feel like Jess is doing such great work, really um, doing a lot of debunking and empowering. And I'm just really thrilled to have you here. So welcome, Jess. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So I want to ask you, this is a question I've been starting all of our podcasts with. Uh, what was your relationship like with your body uh, when you were a younger person? I think it was very similar to a lot of women's. I did not grow up in a body positive or even a body neutral home. Mm-hmm. I I had all, you know, in fifth grade, I was called hippo and mm-hmm. um, I had the mother who, you know, had been fed the same social lies and kind of passed those on to me. So my journey to self-acceptance really has only started in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. What kind of sparked it for you? A blog. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so magical. Um, I was really into lifestyle blogs for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and I ran across this particular one called The Nearsighted Owl. And this woman's name was Rochelle, and she lived in Portland. And the reason I kind of re- read her blog in the first place is because we liked all the same things. Like purple mm-hmm. beehives and cats and thrifting. And... Slowly, I started to realize that this woman, who was probably, you know, twice my size, really loved herself, and she had a very happy, successful life, and I just remember sitting on the floor, kind of reading her blog, and it hit me. Um, It's incredible, but it's just, it was so instant, and I I had this thought, and I was like, oh my god, maybe I don't have to hate myself for the rest of my life, Mm. and now that shocks me, like, (laughs) Right. How is that even like, you know, something that I didn't know, but it's just what it was. And so that kind of sparked. And once I thought that um, everything kind of shifted and then I've been on that journey for a few years now. Yeah. I feel like there's those moments where, like you said, it feels surprising from this vantage point. But I feel like so many of us have been in that place. I definitely have, too. The yeah. same was true for me with yoga, um, where I just kind of had this day where I was like, Maybe the problem isn't my body. Maybe the problem is just that people don't know how to teach people with my body. And that's what turned out to be true. And yeah, same thing these days. I'm like, why would I have ever thought that? But it makes sense why. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I'm super excited to talk with you about is your use of images as activism. So it seems like you've really claimed images and the camera as a way to make the body positive world that you want to see. How did that kind of come to be a part of your work? Uh, I think it was two parts. One was just naturally blogging. You know, you want to have original images and, and they speak to people, especially my generation. Yeah. Um, you know, are really visual and fast information. And so um, blogging and then also just the realization that we simply don't have enough diversity in the images that we see mm-hmm. and I want to fill the world with more of them and so however I can contribute I'm gonna and I'm really excited because on August 3rd 
um, my friend Leora, Leora K, she did the attractive and fat photos, mm. um, which was the response to Abercrombie and Fitch a year ago. Um, so good. We'll link that for anybody who didn't see that. It was wonderful. Yeah, just really briefly, that was um, a counter campaign uh, to some old quotes by the CEO of Abercrombie who said, you know, they don't sell extra large clothes for women uh, because they only sell cool kids. And so I did a counter campaign with a very traditionally attractive model and me. And so <laughs> I love it. Jarring for a lot of people, and I got a lot of coverage. And uh, so, yeah, uh, same person, same photographer. We're having a giant photo shoot called Exposed, and we're we, so far we have have over a hundred women coming. Oh my and gosh, that's we're awesome! We're going to be kind of flooding the world with these hundreds of women, you know, and the different shapes, and you know, showing that you know our boobs are uneven, and we don't see that. Um, yeah. Or, you know, we all, a lot of us have roles and all that good stuff. So yeah. I'm really excited to throw that out there. That sounds like it's going to be such an amazing event. Mm -hmm. And is that mostly local people or are people traveling in too? Uh, we did it last year and it was mostly local. And it looks like a lot of people are going to be coming in from out of town, which is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> yeah, what a fun weekend. Yeah. What do you suggest for people who might want to use their camera similarly to kind of contribute to the diversity of images that we're seeing? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, one of the most empowering things that we all can do <laughs> hmm. um, is, is something I tried like a year ago, and it's to post what we consider unflattering pictures mm. on, on the internet. Because we tend to like take a million pictures and then choose the one that makes us look finished, right? You know, the most you know traditionally attractive. And there was <laughs> something so amazing about posting, you know, these unflattering pictures where I looked what I thought was horrible, and then putting them on the internet, and then seeing that nobody freaked out, and that you know all of a sudden people knew that I was fat. You know, they already knew, but I was like showing them. Um, unabashedly and it really changed the way I saw photos so I recommend posting selfies that you don't like and uh, pictures that you feel are unflattering it's very freeing yeah well I would bet people were even like you look amazing <laughs> yeah exactly right because we're our own worst critics right yeah. oh gosh yeah I'm just thinking about this photo from when I was um, 16 and I had these like terrible bangs and it was like this thing in my family of like, remember how terrible your bangs were at that time? I totally want to get that photo and post it now. <laughs> I think we've all been through the terrible bang phase. <laughs> That's for sure. You have a lip. My mom used to curl my bangs up. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. I know exactly oh, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't lived till you've been through the terrible bang phase. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this is um, so actually leading me into another question that I wanted to ask you, which is so funny. Um, but I feel like it's so important for those of us who are talking about body acceptance to not make it about another kind of perfection. Like there's a perfect way to love your body and that you have to do it all the, all the time. And I feel like through your writing, you're really open about the fact that this is a journey and that you don't always feel like every moment of every day really in love 
with your body. And I just wanted to hear a little bit about kind of your road towards body acceptance and how you see that kind of back and forth of the process playing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree that, you know, it's impossible to have 100% uh, body love in your life. I really do. Mm-hmm. We've been, you know, brainwashed our entire lives. So right. you're not going to get over that overnight. Um, for me, <laughs> for me, I still struggle with an eating disorder, you mm-hmm. know, occasionally, and that pops up from my past. And um, I have really horrible, no good, very bad days, just like everyone else. Yeah. And what I suggest to people is that it's not about loving your body every day, but seeing the progress and maybe eventually you can have more good days than bad days. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. And how wonderful would that be, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And I feel like so helpful to just hear that people aren't alone in that if they are feeling like, well, today I didn't feel good about my body, so I might as well scrap that whole thing. I think it's easy to get into that black and white thinking. It certainly has been for me many times, where I just feel like, ah, how is this popping up again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what, like, lies beneath and catches you off guard, but it's there, yeah. and uh, I think the more realistic we are about it, then, it, you know, the easier it will be to accept it and brush off and keep moving. Right, exactly. What are some common things that you hear people talk to you about, whether it's after a talk that you've given or a blog post, some kind of recurring themes about obstacles that you wish you, everyone sort of knew about through for body acceptance? Well, I think we, I think we covered one of them for sure. And that is that it's hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and there's really, really bad days and you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, a lot of people, uh, hopefully they see the posts that are real about, you know, the down days, but, um, yeah, definitely that. I think we, I think we feel a lot of shame and guilt about a lot of different things, whether it's mental health, um, or our bodies or self-esteem and all of those are connected. Um, and so that, you know, we feel bad and then we feel bad that we feel bad. Right. You know, helping people understand that that's normal and it's okay. And kind of, you know, we feel bad. Let's work on that. But let's not feel bad about feeling bad. And Uh I think that's something that all of us experience. Right. That's part of being a human. (laughs) We're all human, whether we like it or not. That's right. Especially on the days where we wish that wasn't true. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm super curious about this. Um, do you have a relationship with yoga? And if so, I'd love to hear about it. I think I I, I have. I have. And mm-hmm. my my exercise of choice changes and right now it is African dance, but I nice. have had yoga phases and uh, and it's really interesting since I started you know, trying to love my body, how that's changed. Mm. Because for me, uh, especially here in Tucson, we have the University of Arizona. So a lot of the downtown culture, as far as yoga goes, is students. Oh, yeah. And uh, the majority of people you'll see in Tucson yoga classes are young, fit, thin. And there isn't, you know, we're just now starting to have these um, openly all-inclusive body you know, love yoga classes. It's just starting. Nice. So, anyways, it was a really hard. 
hard thing for me for a really long time because I, I didn't know what to do with my body and I always felt like I wasn't uh, doing well enough and yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have that experience. And, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, in the last year I've tried it again and if it, <laughs> a lot of people release a lot of things in yoga and for me it was the releasing of expectation oh. and allowing myself to pour sweat and not be like, oh, it's because I'm fat, you know. Oh, it's because I'm doing yoga. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's hot. Right. And, you know. It's Tucson. Letting, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And letting myself, you know, alter the poses if needed and also push myself. So it was that acceptance and uh, it made yoga a really wonderful thing instead of a stressful thing. It was, it was completely transformative. Oh, that's so good. How do you navigate, because you mentioned you have a kind of, um, sometimes you're working with one form of movement, sometimes another. How do you kind of choose what you're doing in the moment? As far as which movement? Yeah. You said you're doing a lot of dance these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I found, I don't know if you've heard of Jade Beal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have. She's a good friend and she's here in Tucson. And for those who don't know her, she is a, a pregnancy and post-pregnancy photographer who's gotten a lot of press for her unphotoshopped images of, you know, mothers. And she also teaches African dance classes here. And she is my body love warrior goddess friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go to these classes, one for the dance, but also for the community. And it's a really safe, positive you know, invigorating space. So that's kind of what's drawn me towards that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's all about your own movement, not, you know, needing to look or dance a certain way, but letting it just the energy kind of fill you and whatever happens, happens. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been, I feel like I get this question a lot. How do you find a body positive um, form of exercise or class? And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions on that. Hmm. Well, I guess it depends on where you live. Um, you know, I, I kind of mentioned that Tucson is just now <laughs> figuring out what body positivity means. Um, I think that's true in a lot of places. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. There's a really amazing book um, by Han Blink, and um, it's called A Fat Girl's Guide to Exercise. Oh, that is good. Mm -hmm. Have you read that book? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's really wonderful, and it helps you kind of shift the way you look at movement for larger bodies. And um, I would recommend people pick up that book and kind of see if anything matches where they live. And if not, um, she has some great suggestions for, you know, personal fitness, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I feel like that tailoring piece is so important. It feels like a lot of us have not received that message that that's okay. But mm-hmm. I think that's the key to it all mm-hmm. is figuring out what do you like and what really works for your body and all of that. Yeah. We tend to have this like keeping up with the Joneses as far as uh, how far we push ourselves and, and it's so unnecessary right. or all the bodies are different. So they, you know, and your soul is different and your personality is different and just really finding what works for you and not forcing yourself into a situation that, is discouraging or feels like failure. Like I will not touch a gym. And it's simply because I have so many negative experiences of going there, trying to lose weight so I could be a better human being, right? Mm -hmm. failing and never going back. And so that's not a healthy place for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Finding another place. So yeah, we 
choose. We're grown-ups. Yeah. We choose our life. And, yeah, there's so many options. Well, it's good to remember there's so many more options than just the gym. I think sometimes it feels like that's all there is. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I can't go to the gym, so, yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. And not to, not to reference this book a million times, that's another thing that that book talks about is it points out exercise that we do daily that maybe we don't give ourselves credit for. Right. And so it kind of helps you look at it a little bit differently. Yeah. That's a great book. I will definitely link that book up for people who are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how can people connect more with you and what do you have going on uh, the rest of the summer and the fall? Well, um, so you can find me first and foremost at the militantbaker.com. That is my blog. And in September, I'm going to be turning into an empire and uh, making it more of a news feed with guest posters and hopefully it can kind of become a one-stop body load shop. And so that's where I am mostly. I have a Facebook that's really active and it's linked on my blog as well. Great. And I have all the social media. And then I would recommend people kind of keep an eye on the body load conference, which is something I'm going to start talking about a little bit more. Um, we did one last year in April here in Tucson. And it was wildly successful. Mm. We had over 400 people come from across the world, really, um, which is pretty great for first year. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. We had like 30, you know, speakers fly in, some of the biggest names in body love, which is so wonderful. And it was all inclusive. So it was all body shapes, all body sizes, all ages. And, you know, just, you know, so many classes about um, the conversation around body love. So mm. that's going to be happening again um, this spring. So I'm going to be working on that and talking a little bit more about that and um, putting together some speakers. I'm really excited. That's great. Yeah. We can all keep our eye out for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. And I think, I think uh, the feedback was that it was worth traveling for. So I'm hoping we can, you know, hook a lot of people into coming and visiting us here in Tucson. So it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love hearing how well it went this year. Congratulations. Thanks. I can't take the credit for it. I had amazing volunteers and speakers. It was just oh, wonderful. So I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with us, Jess. I love getting to connect with you. And I'm excited to um, get more folks in our community sent your way if they don't already know your great work. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you.